You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. Come with me to the Gospel of John chapter 14, and we will read the first um, 18 verses. Let's read together. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Okay. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, your word is truth. Your word is life. Breathe into us, O Lord, as we fellowship in your presence today. Let the words that we read, let them become flesh in us. Let them become our true experience. Let them be, O Lord Father, for us. Food, let them be for us. Blessing, let them be for us. Joy, let this word, O Lord Father, prosper in us. Thank you, O Lord. Spirit of the living God, we depend on you. Open our understanding. Speak to the teacher. Speak to the hearer. Let none of us here remain the same. 
thank you, O Lord our God, for every good thing that you have prepared for us today. We receive in the name of Jesus. And everything that is not worthy of you, Lord, every infirmity, every weakness, every frustration, every weight that we have come into your presence with today, Lord, we say they will remain here and we will go in your strength and power and might. Lord, we thank you for the light shines and darkness is not able to comprehend it. Let the light shine today and let darkness be dispelled. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, in our climb, in our environment, one has to be extremely, extremely careful Especially if you do the work that I do, if you have to bring the word of the Lord. Because, you know, the environment is so demanding. If you look around your circumstances and situations, if not for you, but for the people around you and for the, you know, the place where you dwell in, you, you can see suffering, you can see pain, you can see hardship. And if you're someone that thinks, and you sit back, I mean, you go to buy fuel in your car, and you spend uh, maybe 60,000 naira to fill your fuel tank, and you know that somebody earns less than 60,000 a month. If you think, really, it can become very restricting and almost compels you to behave in a certain way, okay? However, as people of God, we are called to something that is superior to just thinking. And last Sunday, if you were in church last Sunday, I believe you were, and if you weren't, you must have listened to the message. We saw that the effect of the disobedience of Adam and Eve and the disobedience of Cain, you know, and the disobedience that we saw, we saw the effect of those disobediences. We saw what it cost man. In essence, by conclusion, we saw that it cost man the presence of what? Of God. Praise the Lord. And we are also in a time where, contrary to popular opinion, or contrary to popular Christian opinion, we think and believe that being a Christian, you know, will make us have some things, distinguish us by having some things, enjoying some things. So sometimes it's difficult for us to understand as Christians why are we not separated from the difficulties of Nigeria, of life generally? Why are we not the longest living people? Why are we not the richest people? Why are we not the ones with the most children, with the best you know, wives or husbands, or husband at 20, wife at 25, all of that? Why are those things not you know, our distinguishing factors? But we saw when we looked at the scriptures that Cain, went on even though he was convicted of murder not by a court of the world but by the court of heaven that the king was a murder if someone was convicted of murder today what is going to happen to the person it's death sentence this person is going to die but god convicts cain of murder and didn't kill him and cain went about marrying wives having children being blessed praise god but what was it that cain lost cain lost the presence of God, praise God. So, what am I saying? Whereas, and expectedly as believers, and as long as we're in this world, we're going to desire 
to live as long as possible. We're going to desire to be rich, to be wealthy, to be beautiful, to be, you know, to enjoy, have a life of affluence and influence and, you know, have children, have families, have all the things that are in this world. However, very important, you and I must settle that those things neither validate us nor invalidate us. This is my long intro. Did it make sense? Praise God. All those things do what? They neither validate us nor what? Invalidate us. Why is that important? How does that tie with the situation of the country and the difficulty we're in? Because if you and I are saying, God, the only way I want to know that you are with me, I want you to bless me, I want you to change my circumstance, because I'm your child, you will get into a place of desperation, desperate for what God did not assure you he would do. And desperation is a very risky, dangerous place for anybody to be. No matter the stage of your life, desperate as, you know, desperate for money. We saw the other day that the Bible says those who want to be rich. Did you see that in your Bible? Or was it me that preached it? You know, I've told you here, you're very free to disagree with me at any point in time. Praise the Lord. But you're at risk if you disagree with the word of God. So if it's my opinion, you have a right to disagree. But when the word of God says it, praise the Lord, you need to adjust to it, okay? So because of the pressure of the time, we could get desperate. We live in a time where I have so many of my brethren that I'm praying for, for husbands, okay? I'm praying for the fruit of the womb. I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for all kinds of things. But I will also not be irresponsible to make the person that I'm praying for, for those things, to become desperate for those things. If that happens, then I've endangered them. That's why as a church, when we gather, we don't put anything before you as what you must have as validation that God is here. It's important. It might make you feel better that every Sunday we call you out. Those that, you know, this place is hurting. Those that uh, their landlord is on their case. Those that, this, you know, and call ourselves solution center. The church is not solution center. The church is the house of God, the pillar and the ground of truth. I don't know if someone is hearing me this morning. So I think about the difficulties in Nigeria and sometimes... I regret I'd wanted as a secondary school boy from Manowa, I was a Manowa, those of us went, I had wanted to do military, you know, lifestyle so that I can do cool. That's the simple truth. Those were the days where, you know, young people were going into the military. So sometimes I wish I had joined the military because with the pain I feel for Nigeria now, I would have just gone and done a coup. But I'm not in the military. I'm a pastor. So what can I do? I pray. And I was thinking, okay, imagine if God had answered us the prayer we prayed. You know, this time last day we were fasting and praying for Nigeria. Imagine if God had done it the way we wanted. You know, we won't be where we are now. Okay? But that answer, God has a better answer for us. Amen? Now, what do we do? We don't give up. We press him more. Amen? So I was actually thinking of another fasting and prayer for Nigeria. But I don't know whether it's my flesh or the spirit. The Lord will guide us. Amen. With your faces. I'm seeing some people saying, Pastor, holy there, holy there. I can hear a lot of holy there. <laughs> Not hold it to hold it. <laughs> Nigerian police English. Say holy there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So 
you must not get to the place where you're desperate for those so-called solutions you know why come with me to the book of um genesis is important genesis chapter 1 verse 2 if you have it before you i want you to read it and read it just don't read it out read it to yourself read it meditatively and then you're going to see something there genesis chapter 1 verse 2 the most popular you know verse the way we always start in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth but this verse 2 says something there it says the earth was what was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters okay let's read it again the earth was what without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters now i want you to now look i don't want to say look at me okay look at the lectern look at the lectern and answer me this question what was it in that verse 2 how were things things were can you put the message translation for us message puts it in a very you know interesting way it said earth was a soup of nothingness a bottomless what emptiness and inky this person they speak english <laughs> okay but it says god's spirit did what brooded like a bird above the water abyss now i want you to see something very simple in that very verse of the bible in the beginning is that you see this world we're in eh? the only good thing that was here at the beginning was what the holy spirit the only good thing amen hallelujah you agree with that now let me tell you up to now don't mind the gold and the silver don't mind the skyscrapers still today the only good thing that is on earth today is still what we can go home praise the lord you see the earth was as long as that scripture is true everything that is in the earth solomon found it out after he had experienced every good thing you're pursuing what am i pursuing what is it i could pursue riches right what could it i mean i'm a man what could it be i pursue women what could it be i pursue wisdom what could it be i pursue buildings what could it be i pursue you know notoriety popularity fame solomon had it in a measure solomon trended and trended and trended that without facebook without instagram without uh, wi-fi they were coming from continents to visit him and solomon experienced all of that and said all is what he came to agree with genesis chapter 1 verse 2 everything on earth is soup of nothingness bottomless emptiness and inky what that's what it is everything the only good thing that was there is what the holy spirit come with me to luke 11 verse 13 and you're going to see something there again okay read it everyone now i'd like you to read this out for me if we then being evil know how to give good gifts to our children how much more will our heavenly father give what to those who now before this scripture from verse 9 we can put it i'll just read it run through quickly verse 9 so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it will be open to you 
For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? This was the background to which Jesus brought the conclusion and said, If we then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, he now put it this way, say, how much more will our heavenly father give what? The ultimate good thing. How much more will our father what? Can you see Jesus interchange good gifts with the Holy Spirit without explanation? You know why? Because he knew he's the truth. And he's also speaking the truth to you and I. He knows that the only good thing that anybody can get, acquire, or have in this life is what? The Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, Moses in Exodus 33 um, is a long read, but verse 16. God had become angry with the children of Israel. And at this point, he had already brought them out of Egypt, bondage. And taking them to a land of promise. But he became so angry with them. Do you know what God did? God didn't abort the mission. He just said to them, you're going to go to that land. I'm going to send a messenger, an angel of my prayer. He's going to take you there. But I will not be amongst you. Okay? So God still at this point did not abort the mission. He still was taking them to the blessing. Are you with me? He was taking them to the place of blessing. But he now made a statement. Okay, I will not be amongst you. That was why Moses cried out. And that was what happened in this verse. In this verse 16, this is what it says. It says, for how then will it be known? Do do I need 15 for us to understand? Let's see 15, please. Thank you. 15 and 16, yes. So God said to Okay, this is Moses saying to God. Okay, let's start from here because of time. Moses now said, if your presence, what, does not go with us, do not, what, bring us up from here. Note something there. Moses said, speaking to God, if your presence does not go with us, we cannot get there. Is that what he said? No, that's not what he said. They will get there, but he says, Moses was saying, don't do that. Don't send us and leave us. He gave us the reason in verse 16. It says, how then will it be known that your people and I have found what? Grace in your sight. Hold on. Moses is saying, what will distinguish me and your people? How will it be known that Ikena is blessed? Moses said, it's not by us entering the promised land. Is it what? He said, except you what? Go with us. He said, that is how, so we shall be what? Separate your people and I from all the people who are on the face of the earth. Let's look at another translation that might help us with that. Give us the Amplified, please. 16. Okay. He said, for by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor on your side? Is it not in your word going with us? He says, so that we are distinguished. So a distinguished gentleman. A distinguished lady is somebody who what who has God going with him. May I greet you, distinguished ladies and gentlemen, by the presence of God. Are you with me? Let's um, look at it from David's side now. Moses has said it. 
in Psalm 84 verse 10, I just want to lay this background before me. In Psalm 84 verse 10, David already here was a king. David was blessed. David was a cool guy, you know. David is not the kind of person you see and um, you feel that he's serving God because he doesn't have an option. David as per war. In my university, those of us who went to my university may know this guy. There's somebody called Asparhad. What did I say? Asparhad. You know why? Because, you know, in those days, he didn't have enough money to wear nice clothes and fashionable clothes. He didn't have, um, you know, good looks to, you know. He wasn't that bright academically. The kind of things that make you trend, you know, in those young ages. So he, he said, as per buffs, I know the, as per looks, I know the, as per this, I know the, but as per hard. <laughs> you know, David is a kind of person that as per hard, he did. As per academics, he did. As per, you know, music. I mean, can you imagine, David would sing like John, you know, I wanted to say dance like, um, but no, no, that's mommy. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. That dance is another level. It's not David. <laughs> you know. And, you know, he was just excellent in every way. Praise the Lord. And love the Lord. And I was so glad when we're singing today, when the Spirit... How does the song again? When the Spirit of the Lord is upon my heart, I will dance and sing like David sang. Okay? Anyway, this is David. He was successful in every way. But this is what he said. He said, for a day in your courts is what? Better than a thousand. David, still speaking, says, I will rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. What was David talking about here? David was talking about proximity, about the presence of God. This was his longing. This was his treasure. This was what David counted as success. Now, the doorkeeper here, I was thinking ushery, you know, he was an usher or sweeping the floor. But I think he just meant a gate man. Let me be just close. You know, as we're here now, a gate man in Asorok is more powerful than some of us that are MDs. Do you know that? Uh-huh. So, he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my wife. Because he understood the power of being close to God, of being in the presence of God. So, This is what we began to look at last Sunday. And this morning, we want to just go a bit further so that truly, in this year 2024, you can be blessed in his presence. You can be blessed by his presence. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you. I I need us to be together, okay? So Jesus said, you know, in that Luke 11, 13, we said, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the only good thing that we've established on earth to those who ask him i want after today your prayer to be centered on lord give me that good thing and the lord will answer you in the name of jesus christ so who is the holy spirit sorry i have a theme for today's meditation can you clap for me once in a while it happens (laughs) i think once a year or maybe two times a year you know the theme that i have for us today so slash too close for comfort now we know what too close for comfort means too close for comfort right okay so but that's not all we're going to we're going to look at so close for what for comfort praise god 
Yes. So close for comfort. The Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, where we get the prayer that we pray, it says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Praise God. Can we have that in message and the living Bible? The Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God. Message says the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with what? All of us. Amen. Let's see the Living Bible. It says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, be with you. May God's love, who is God the Father, and the Holy Spirit's friendship be yours. Paul writes in here. So, when we speak God as believers, we are referring to the Trinity. The Trinity has God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, okay? But their manifestations are different. Praise the Lord. So, we establish that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the good thing that Jesus told us about in Luke eleven thirteen. The Holy Spirit also, very importantly, is the, you know, allow me to use this word, is the executive arm of God. He's the executioner of God's will. Jesus, we know, is the word of God, right? Jesus is the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who carries out. So, the Bible makes us understand, even in Acts 10, 38, it makes us understand, it says, how God, the Father anointed Jesus Christ, the Son, with what? With the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost is power. The Holy Ghost carries power. Praise the Lord. So where there is the power of God, it is the Holy Spirit that is operating there. Okay? So you look at the life of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was, you know, crucified, the Bible says he was crucified in weakness. At the time of that crucifixion, the father had to take a step back because you see if he contained the holy ghost he cannot be weak are you with me the holy spirit is the power of god how many of us want god's power when you want god's power what you're looking for is what the holy spirit the holy spirit is the one who makes god you know real to you except you see a vision you know a, a, a man standing talking to you you know, Jesus has been appearing to people, and I believe, I pray he appears to someone here. What other interaction, all the other interactions you have with God, is in the form of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who communicates God to us. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the connection that God has with man. Okay? So when God created man, Genesis 2:70, and the Bible says, and God breathed into his nostrils. The breath of God. That word breath is spirit. He breathed into the nostrils the life of God. He breathed into man the life of God. Now that was before the fall. After the fall in John 20. This was actually supposed to be midweek service. But because of the football I knew that people would not concentrate enough and hear this. John 20. 22. So you are in midweek service today. You are blessed. Because midweek service is more important than Sunday service. How many of us know that? If you don't come, you're missing something. Okay? John 20, 22. What does it say? And when he had said this, what did he do? 
he breathed on them and said to them what receive the holy spirit just as it was done in genesis 2 7 it was now done here why because man was being restored to the place he had or even higher than what he had before he was lost and when god the son was going to be born into the world and the angel appeared to mary and said to mary you're going to bring forth a child he's going to be called jesus you'll be the son of god and mary said to the angel how are we going to do this i don't know a man are you going to find me a man how is this going to happen luke 135 said the angel said to us luke 135 it says the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will do what will overshadow you. also that holy one who is to be born will be called what the son of god so the holy spirit is god communicated to us the holy spirit is god communicated through us so as i'm speaking to you now i could shout i could increase my volume if i increase the volume of my voice you're going to think pastor really means this thing he's saying isn't it if i lower my voice you're going to think well maybe he's not keen on this but whether my voice is high or low i really don't communicate anything that will transform you what will change you is what the holy spirit takes from what i'm saying and puts in your heart that's why you need to pray for your pastor so that you don't hear his voice you hear the spirit's voice praise the lord somebody very important i've told us yeah the day i got saved you know i didn't know what the preacher said but the holy spirit said something to me and i came out weeping may you hear the voice of the spirit in the name of jesus so the holy spirit is god you know the holy spirit is the executive arm of god he's the power of god he's the one that communicates god to us is the breath of god but all of that there, there's so much that he is that we can't do with today but what i want us to pick you know for today and from following from last sunday and wednesday is that the holy spirit is god present and active in the world now let me say now so when we talk about the presence of god being with me or the presence of god being with you we are talking about you what having the holy spirit with you amen i'm talking about us having the holy spirit with us now now in john 16 7 just to help you understand why this is very important our lord jesus christ there speaking to the disciples he says nevertheless i tell you the it is to your advantage that i do what for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i depart i will do what hold on hold on now you read this right now this is jesus if you have your bible this will be in red okay this is our lord jesus christ speaking to who speaking to the disciples it's important to get these details okay this is our lord jesus speaking to his what disciples and then jesus our lord god the son is saying to his disciples that this thing i'm telling you is the truth right hallelujah so this is our lord jesus speaking and he's saying to the disciples the disciples are those that have been with him for three years plus okay that i tell you the truth okay means i'm emphasizing this particular thing he's the truth but i'm telling you this for the truth and he says to them that it is to your advantage that i do what i go away 
Now, if you look at some other translations, that particular word means, uh, we know what advantage means. It is better for you. Some say it is best for you that I go away. How can it be better for Peter? How can it be better for John? How can it be better for Matthew that Jesus goes away? Imagine you have Jesus. And then Jesus is telling you, it is to your advantage that I go away. That's the point, Peter. To say, Master, don't say things like that. What can be better than having you with us? Praise the Lord. What can be better than having Jesus with you? Jesus in the boat. Jesus with them in the water. Jesus, you know, causing five loads to fill. Jesus healing my mother-in-law. You know, Jesus answering my question. Jesus interpreting the prayer. What can be better than that? Jesus says there is something better than me being with you. What was it that he said is better? He said the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And he calls him here the helper. Some translations will call him the comforter. Okay? He says... For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And now remember, we are taking note from our text in verse 17 of our text, John 14, 17. It says, he dwells with you and will be what? In you. Jesus was saying here that while I'm here, I am with you. Praise the Lord. But when I go away, someone like me is going to come he will be with you as well so you won't miss me being with you but he added something he said this one that will come will not just be with you he will be where he will be in you that's why it's better praise the lord because when he is with you if he says something to peter john will hear if he rebukes john matthew will hear but when he's in you that's why a preacher will preach a sermon and some people will get angry and say the person that invited them to church went and told the pastor all about themselves. And somebody will come to church and after service, you know, will tell me, Pastor, you were just talking to me. You were just talking. I was not talking to you. I was just preaching what I was preaching. It was the Holy Spirit that was talking to you. Many have told me they come to church quarreling with their wives. And then and when I come, they'll now be feeling the wife will be saying, hey, Pastor, tell him now, tell him. At the same time, the husband is feeling, Pastor, tell her, tell her. It's because the Holy Spirit is now in you, is now in you. So he speaks to you in your own language. That's why Jesus said, it is better that I go away, that the comforter, the helper will come. Because when he comes, he will speak Calabari to you. He will speak Ogoja to you. He will speak Yoruba to you. He will speak a thief's language, a thief. He will speak to you in the language of a thief. He will, any language that you want to hear, he will speak it to you and you will know. Now, you can get angry. You know, some people come to church with habits and all of that. And they blow their muscles and say, Pastor, you must not mention that thing. But the pastor will be mentioning something. The Holy Spirit will be pointing, you're a drunkard, you're a drunkard, you're a drunkard. I didn't mention it, but he's talking to you about that. Whether I mention fornication or not, the Holy Spirit will mention it to you. You know why? He's speaking your language. You know why? He's not with you. I'm with you. But the Holy Spirit is in you. (laughs) hallelujah so you watch what you shouldn't watch i didn't watch it and don't know you watched it but when you come in the presence of god the holy spirit will point it to you as we are saying look at that beautiful sky the holy spirit will be telling you if you have this to look at why are you looking at that one you know why he is what he is customized to your circumstance that's why we said so slash too close for comfort 
if you want to get better, he will be so close for comfort. But if you want to continue playing tricks, he will be too close for comfort. Somebody didn't get that. If you want to get it right, he'll be so close that he'll be to you a comforter that will navigate you through life. But if you don't want to get it right, he'll be disturbing you. The psalmist said, if I take the wings of the bird and fly to the farthest parts of the earth and hide, he said, there you are with me. That's the Holy Spirit. Anywhere you can hide, he's there with you. So close that no matter what you're going through, he can comfort you and guide you. Too close that no matter how you hide. You know, human beings have gotten smart by half. You know, it was my brother-in-law that said he was arguing with someone. And the person said to him, uh, you always disturb me. Where in the Bible does this say I shouldn't smoke? And my brother-in-law said, well, I don't want to argue about that. But the things the Bible said you shouldn't do, stop doing those ones first. Before we discuss the ones that we are finding where he said you shouldn't do. Do you understand? You know, you have a car, you have an issue with the electronics part, and you go and change the tire, and you start arguing with the volcanizer. What's even wrong with my tire? Why do you say my tire is wrong? It's not your tire that is the problem. You see, the enemy uses distraction to create roadblocks so that you don't confront what you should confront. Let's look at the next verse of that passage we read, verse 8. What would the Holy Spirit do? Read it for me, everybody. Read it loud. I don't want to be the one to read this for Praise the Lord. He will be too close for comfort. When he comes, he will bring conviction. He will bring what? Now, over time, the conscience, the Bible talks about a seared conscience. It means uh, seared conscience implies that, like, okay, if you have a wound on your skin, and um, depending on the kind of wound, there's a way it will heal. That particular part of your skin will not have sensations anymore. So when the Bible talks about shared conscience, it's talking about a conscience that over time has become so hardened that nothing touches it. But if you're still normal, what happens is this, is that when things happen, the Holy Spirit will be convicting you and then your conscience will be telling you, but you know that is not right. You know that thing you said is not right. You know that thing you did is not right. But over time, you can so disagree, you can so resist that Holy Spirit that you don't hear his voice anymore. You will never get to that in the name of Jesus. Amen? So Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. That's why I want to stay on that. It is to my advantage. Some say it is profitable to me that Jesus left, that the Holy Spirit will come. People who already had him. Why? Because I need him not just around me. I need him inside me. And if you want to find out the true definition of spirituality, it is a person who has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him and relating with him. What did I say? True definition of spirituality is someone who has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him and interacting with the holy spirit that is so different from religion you see religion you will be happy when the pastor blesses you but if you have the holy spirit and i bless you the pastor has blessed you the holy spirit can be telling you that blessing 
Go and forgive that brother. Go and return that piece of whatever. Praise the Lord. Our brother Tolu is here. Tolu, remember when... Did you give me or did I take your Mercedes Benz? I didn't have a car, so I visited you and you had too many cars. And you left one Mercedes Benz with me. What happened the next day? I brought it back. He gave me the car. I parked the car. It was a nice car. And I knelt down to pray. I should be saying thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you, my Lord. (laughs) Thank you for blessing me. Thank you, my Lord. As I was thanking him, I was hearing that Mercedes return it. I needed a car. I didn't have a car to use it. That Mercedes. The man didn't need it. I needed it. The Holy Spirit said, we are not fellowshipping today. I couldn't pray. So, I rounded up what I was trying to do. You see, religion would have been that that day, my prayer time is three hours. And when I get into the presence of God, if the Holy Spirit raises the matter of Tolu's Mercedes, I'll shabak him. Yakita pasota, lede, bazo, dada. And shabak him. That's how most of us are. When you go into the presence of God, he raises issues that are between you and him. And you shabak him. You increase volume. And after three hours, when you come out, your shoulder is like this. Because you have prayed in the spirit. You have prayed in the spirit without fellowship with the spirit. So close and too close for comfort. I took it back. I don't know whether I came back by drop or he came and dropped me. When I came back, I felt better. I felt a release. I'm telling you. I see, I don't want to tell you stories. I say, Holy Spirit, I don't even just want to teach. This thing I'm teaching, I want to go higher. There was a season also, I've shared this in church with many of us also. I'd left the bank. In fact, I didn't work in the bank in Abuja. I got to Abuja. I found organizations that had excess funds. I had banks that were taking the money and they were paying me a commission. So I was a consultant. Praise the Lord. So I would get these monies, you know, get these people to deposit these monies to the banks. And then I'll make my commission 90 days, 180 days, depending. I go there, cut my check for me. And after some time, the Holy Spirit said to me, what's name on the check? I say, Ikenokeke. He said, if somebody in that bank, you know, needed cancel, you know, just wanted to really talk to a man of God, would he look at this name? And just run to him and say, you must be a man of God. I didn't understand what he was saying. I said, you sent me, you called me, I'm serving you. You know, is it a testimony? It was then I began to understand the direction he was going. And I needed the money then. I wasn't working. I'm not working for the government. I'm not working for the bank. I'm earning my... He didn't tell me it was bad. He was telling me you, you, just you. After some time, it took, that one took me time. It wasn't as easy as the Mercedes. It took me time. So what will happen is that every 90 days or 180 days, when I collect the money, it was a lot of money then. When I collect the money, I will now fall sick. That's how bad it came. There will be so much distress in me. Because what was happening, the intimacy, my friendship with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're here and you've been in love, or you're married and you love your wife or you, you know that when both of you quarrel, you're not well. Am I right? So, I will be unwell, sick of love. Do you understand? You know, I'll just be sick of love. After some time, I realized that 
if I don't bend, if I don't withdraw from this thing, you know, I might just kill myself. So I went and told them, all the people I was doing the business, we are pastors. So I went and told them, please, oh, I'm sorry, please. I'm withdrawing. So bank and the organization, deal with yourself direct. They were looking at me like this. Now, a few months, maybe years, I don't know, after that happened, one of the persons involved died. I used to share those days. Maybe I will collect maybe 1.6 million, 2 million, and we'll share, you know, into three parts. We're sharing 2 million. I didn't know this guy had billions. Now, imagine me with my 400,000 I was collecting, being classified with somebody who was stealing billions. Do you get what I'm talking about? I didn't know what I was involved in. That's why the Holy Spirit said, come out from there. That's the level of money. I mean, okay, stealing, I don't know, making. You know, today's world, they won't say stealing, making. But your salary is 80,000, but you have 80 billion. I don't know. Okay? I mean, I didn't know what I was involved in. But what I know was that the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't do that. What am I talking about, people of God? The Spirit of God will be too close for comfort. If you continue in sin, over time, you are at risk of quenching the spirit. And let me tell you something here. There's a high-profile death that most of us are aware now. The only way I can assure you as your pastor that when you die, you'll be in heaven is that while you are alive, you are intimate with the Holy Spirit. Nobody makes a decision after he dies. Praise God. Transition from earth to this other side at that moment there is no decision making but if while you're here you cultivate there's a song that says your presence is there we cultivate the presence of god then you can be sure that no matter what happens you're already in heaven you know lord jesus christ says the kingdom of god is within you so if you're listening to me now and you don't actively consciously have intimacy with the holy spirit you are at risk of going to hell if you die now i'm not preaching anything to you i'm just telling you facts because they will not come and put that spirit on you when you die that spirit is what is going to take you that fellowship that enoch had is going to what will be automatic when this body falls you'll just find yourself in the real presence now are you still with me today so the christian life the Christian is to be desperate. You know, we started talking about the situation in Nigeria. The Christian is to be desperate, not to survive, not to succeed, not to excel, or none of those things. He should be desperate to keep the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So, you're single. How do I know who I will marry? You're a lady, somebody's proposing to you, or is not proposing to you, is uh, toasting you, okay? And all of that. Who is that person whose fellowship presence encourages your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? There are some people that whenever they come around you, they bring carnality. Somebody has an answer. I get in it now. What business should I do? The business that as I discuss it and as we engage in this environment, I just sense the peace of the Holy Spirit. Where should I go? Where as I'm going, I sense the approval, the presence of the Holy Spirit. What should I be watching? 
that thing that as you're watching it, you sense the Holy Spirit smiling and watching it with you. Praise the Lord, somebody. <laughs> what should I do? That thing that when I do it, I just have a, you know, a sense of, there's just joy inside of my heart when I do it. You know why? Because that is confirmation that the Spirit gives his approval at that moment. Praise the Lord, somebody. You see? To help us understand this intimacy, our Lord Jesus told us something. Come with me to Matthew 12. And somebody might be saying, Pastor, if it's like that, I don't want that level of intimacy. It's a choice. The born-again Christian, John 3, um, says, Unless a man be born again, he shall not what? See the kingdom of God. Unless he be born of water and the spirit, he shall not enter. If you refuse the fellowship of the Spirit, you're refusing entrance into the kingdom. Matthew 12, 31, please. It says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Okay? What are you saying, Lord? Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, he will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, I don't have the capacity. I've not fully understood how to break down what the scripture is saying. I don't have the capacity. I didn't prepare for that today. But the point I want you to get here is this. Jesus is saying, you know, you can play with me. And it won't be that bad after all. You can, you know, play with the Father. And it won't be that bad. But he said, the Holy Spirit... Do you know the closest that I got from the Holy Spirit trying to understand this just for the time we have? This might take a long study and question and answers because this area always scares a lot of people. Don't need to be scared. The love of God is here, man. Jesus loves you. And he will forgive whatever it is. But the closest the Spirit of God you know, gave to me here is this. He said, I live in Katambe here, okay? And you go to somewhere in Gariki, okay? I go to Gariki and... Um, I'm walking on the road, and one woman, you know, okay, let's say, beautiful lady there, looks at me and says, yeah, yeah, man, who do you think you are? Why? Come on, come on for road, Jerry, you to the pose. <laughs> okay, praise God. Are you with me? She says that to me. My reaction, I won't be happy, right? If someone says that to me. I'm going to turn and look at her. And then I wonder, what did I do? But I'll continue, okay, because I don't know. Or if, if I'm crazy, I will now respond. But that's okay. That happens in somewhere far off in Garaki. What she said to me, if that same statement was made by any of the, let's say, pastor's wives there, yeah. you know, the reaction and the consideration I give to it won't be the same. Okay? Now, bring it close. Now, if my wife says that to me, now you know that that is World War Seven. The person in Gariki said it to me. There was no war. The person in church I said to me, I just want to say, ah, there is liberty in the Father's church. That would be the conclusion. But when my wife says it to me, why will he hurt me like that? Because we are too close. We are so close. So when Jesus said that, he said the Holy Spirit is so close to you that if you grieve him, that matter is difficult to settle. Didn't the Bible say that a brother offended is harder to win than a defended city? 
because of the proximity. It says you and I have to be careful. We learned last Sunday, the battle the enemy is fighting. This is even beyond the enemy. The battle of maturity in the Christian world is to develop such intimacy with the Holy Spirit that what you have with him is a sweet fellowship all the time. That's why you see mature believers. There's a way they carry themselves. They behave like people that are chained. They want to say something. There's a way they say it. They want to act as the way they act. I'm not saying that they are walking like this. But they are controlled. Why? Because they are careful not to hurt the comfort. You see, you're carrying God inside of you. The Christian carries God. So, it's no longer I like this. It's no longer I want to wear this. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. It's even okay. But care what he says. Praise the Lord. I can do what I like. You're not my boss. You're not my owner. You're very right. But your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have of God. He said you're not your own. So the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So you must carry your body. You can't kiss someone who you, you know that the Holy Spirit will not kiss with you. Not to talk of the other one people do. You don't have the Holy Spirit if you do it comfortably. If you do it by being overtaken, you're going to peel your skin in regret because the Holy Spirit will so be grieved. But do you know why so-called Christians sin and continue without feeling it? They are deceiving themselves. It's a simple matter. Gigi, I don't know this light. I don't know whether it's I'm not seeing well again or the light. Who's white is whiter, Gigi or Benonzo? Only come. Please come. Okay, so he's here now. Um, you're carrying my... Um, Whoever is wearing shoes there, come. John, come, come, come. John the beloved, come. You must obey me. Eh? Take that your shoe now and just rub it here. Take your shoe. Just, just do it. Uh-huh. Praise God. Rub it on this man's own. You get the message. Now listen. Thank you. See what is it? The message is this. If you're born again, you're white. You're wearing white. Eh? Any sin will stain your white and no matter why it happened you will see the stain and you will not be comfortable so you will see to it that it is removed if you're not born again you're wearing mechanic color eh? if you change oil you wipe it like this if you eat tamala you wipe it like this if anything that happens you even you wipe it anywhere you know why you are wearing mechanic color. That's why you can continue in sin. And you don't feel any harm. But the born again Christian is clothed in white. The Holy Spirit will say to you, there's a stain there. So if there was a little, no big stain here, will you wear this cloth? Just a little stain. Why? Because, you know, it disorganizes the white you're to appear in. Thank you. That's what happens when you carry the Holy Spirit. You see, the intimacy, the thing about, you know, how often you read your Bible, how often you pray and all of that. You see, what has happened is that the average Christian is actually into idolatry without knowing. In the sense that we practice a relationship with our churches, a relationship with our bishops, a relationship with our pastors, without having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If the average Christian in Nigeria had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, Nigeria would have changed. But you see, if you are going to a church 
where they're encouraging you breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. You will go to the office and break through the vault and bring money. And when you come to the church, we will rejoice for you. We will celebrate you. Why? Because you are broken through and the church is happy. But if that Christian had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, no matter how the church tells you to break through, if the process of that breaking through will grieve the Holy Spirit, you will not break through. Do you understand? But we are in a place where the approval of man has drowned the voice of the Spirit. So people are walking around calling themselves Christians without the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're where we are. Many years ago, if you saw somebody who said he was a Christian, you will commit your life to his hands and know nothing will happen to it. You know why? Because that person will be under control of the Holy Spirit. But now he's under control of the commission he attends. He's under commission of what God must do and cannot do. He's under, so he's just looking for a testimony. Testimonies that are not investigated. Testimonies that have no background. Testimonies of robbers and prostitutes. Testimonies of people taking over another person's fiancée and marrying because they got pregnant for them. You know, testimonies of people asking that somebody's husband will leave them so that they can move in with them and marry. All kinds of things will call testimony because desperation and the pressures of the environment has taken over the relationship with the Spirit of God. So we have a very buoyant, you know, religious practice so you come to church you know as a young christian somehow we realize that thank god for the people we have here i hope so i mean you know they say the only person you can vouch for is the child you're carrying on your back Abby. but as a young christian the best pianists and singers were the highest fornicators so because when they play that music and dance that music they're like the michael jackson you can see but they had no Holy Spirit. Because what will make a person from the bed of fornication still take up the mic and be able to dance? Come on. You must be dead already. Because if you had a bit of the Holy Spirit and you did anything like that, if they give you mic, you say, brothers, pray for me. I have sinned. That's what you should do. And there's no shame in it. Do you understand? It's the Holy Spirit that makes a man confess. It is the spirit of the devil that makes a man remain in sin and blow his conscience muzzle. You're dying. You don't know. You're dead already. But today is a day of new things. Are you hearing me? So the message I wanted to preach to us today, I'm telling you the truth, was not this because I thought this was for Wednesday. But the Lord said, I purposely kept you from sharing it on Wednesday. Because those who really need to hear it don't come on Wednesday. So, you're a special guest today. Are you hearing me? He said, I want to be so close that I comfort you if you really want this work. But I will be too close for comfort if you don't want this work. The Spirit of God will help you in every area of your life. Praise the Lord. No, He will. He's God with us. If you learn to listen for his voice when he says don't do this you will also be trained to hear his voice when he says do this some of us in nigeria now we had 15 million naira i mean that's even common cheap wisdom but you have 15 million naira in your bank and you were doing big man by this time last year 
that your 15 million naira has been stolen. What you have now is like 4 million. And the Holy Spirit was saying to you, change it to dollar. Change it. But you didn't hear him when he says to you to do other things. How can you hear him when he's saying to you to do something beneficial? Are you listening to me? So this morning, Jesus said, it is to my advantage that he goes, that the Spirit will come. I don't have the time, and it may not be necessary because our time has gone. All the things the Holy Spirit does for us, we've already referred to how he empowers us. Acts 1.8, when the disciples were worried, asking Jesus, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Is it now that you're going to restore the kingdom? What did he say to them? He says, no, don't concern yourself. He said, what you're going to, is going to happen is that you shall what? Receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And the word I bring to somebody today is that the Nigeria of today, our solution is by men and women full and empowered by the Holy Ghost. I am confident that God has men he will raise that will turn things around. You see, I'm so gladdened about what happened in Abia. Anybody from Abia stayed here? I envy you. I'm telling you, I envy you. The news I hear from Abia is like perfume. It's like wood perfume, not ordinary perfume. Not house wood, though. <laughs> Correct perfume. Now, do you know that what you're rejoicing in Abia over is because of a woman who yielded to the Spirit? One, not two. That's why we don't think too small of you and where you are. I understand. It's not the electorate. It's not the whole eye neck. It's one woman full of the Holy Spirit who said, I will do what the Spirit tells me to do. That's why Abia is like that. Imagine if we had such people all over Nigeria. I heard a man say Nigeria won't get better. He doesn't know God. He does not know God. I beg to say, anybody saying that doesn't know God. Abia was the worst state in the, in the East. Is it up to a year the man got in? It's almost the best. Say every area wise. Security infrastructure, every area. How much money does Abia have? If God can turn Abia around like that, there is hope for Nigeria. Let's rise on our feet. And Nigeria is a blessed country. We are too blessed, I'm telling you. The challenge we have is that by design, God has willed that you and I will be instruments of his deliverance. But instead of us yielding to the spirit, we are yielding to our environment. So people are stealing up for their children. People are stealing up for their protection. People are stealing up, you know, just doing all kinds of things. Listen, if that Professor Oti taught about her family, you know the risk that she was exposing herself to? Kill her, her children will be motherless, Abby. Her husband will be wifeless. And for women, the one that scares them is that not, she, he will now marry another woman. That was your business if you're in heaven, except you're going to hell. If you go to heaven, what is your business if you're, you know? Do you understand? You go to some of these women's prayer meetings. You will not labor. And another woman, Abba, Mama, focus on things that matter. You know, I hear those prayers say we're so many unbelievers in the church. If you believe you're going to heaven, Stephen saw heaven. And didn't even ask for vengeance. Do you understand? You carry me in a, a carrier, and you push me, and you say, "Get out of my car." Then, as I get out, one Bentley pulls over and say, "I come on." 
Then I'll be cursing you. I will bless you. Hey, nah, God bless you. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. So where we are, oh Lord, Nigeria is blessed. We just need Christians who are led of the Spirit, who are desperate, to whom the Holy Spirit is their treasure. Do you understand? You see, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. But the Bible says the foolishness of God is better than the wisdom of men. So there are decisions you're making, I am making, based on the wisdom of this world. But the Holy Spirit in those moments, tell me what to do. Praise the Lord. You know, let, let me tell you one of the problems I have. I calculate things. The Holy Spirit is not a calculator. Because when he was going to create earth, he didn't calculate the gravitational force. And suspect he just spoke it and everything was falling in place. Now, most of us husbands and wives here, God will give you wives or husbands that will balance what you do. There are some things that while I'm calculating, my wife will just tell me stop calculating, and I'll hear the voice of the spirit. Say, Oh boy, stop calculating. Are you hearing me? So the wisdom of the Holy Spirit telling some of us what to do now. If you took the idea of man, what is reasonable in the eyes of man. You would not benefit so much from this intimacy. Sorry, please, in case I forget. Wednesday, can we all be here on Wednesday? It's a special service. It's Valentine's Day, right? Let me tell you what the Lord told me also. He said in essence, just in case I miss that, please listen. He said in essence, the practice of Christianity is the continual conscious seeking of an environment conducive and pleasing to the Holy Spirit that he may dwell in. One place I can tell you the Holy Spirit will be on Wednesday is here. He said, in essence, I repeat, the practice of Christianity is the continual conscious seeking, continual conscious seeking of an environment conducive and pleasing to the Holy Spirit that he may dwell in. The Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, it says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The last part of the verse says, There the Lord did what? Commanded the blessing. So this one is the let's gather. Amen? Just let's come together and just love on one another and just love God and let the Holy Spirit enjoy us and let us enjoy him. Amen? That's by virtue of announcement. So tell your neighbor, see you this Wednesday. You know, but it's actually so easy. It's actually so easy to understand. Praise God. Praise the Lord. No, it's so easy to understand. And I'm going to give you this illustration. I attended a mixed school. Now, those days, when we're in a hall, dining hall, conference, or whatever, and there was a program, as long as there was light in the hall, there was, everything was okay. But let light go off. You see movements. If you're in environments where there is light, your behavior will be better. If you frequent environments of darkness, how can you be wanting to be transformed and you're a customer of darkness, dark areas continually? You're not serious. Let me tell you. They say they shall go from strength to strength that appear before God where? If you sincerely want more of the Holy Spirit, you go to where you know he is. Even though the Holy Spirit is in us, he will also be with us. So there's going to be Holy Spirit by conduction. If you carry the Holy Spirit, touch your neighbor, say, let me transfer some to you. (laughs) Let me transfer. It works like that. So if you want to grow, you have to choose environments where you know the Holy Spirit is operating in and frequent it and love it 
If you want to dance, this morning I was just respecting myself because I was afraid of my ministration. John, if you sing that song the day I'm not ministering, you will see dance. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're going to pray. And you and I know the scripture. Um, Ephesians, I think, 5.18. It says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. We're going to pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yes. Let him get that close. How many want him to get that close? I want him to tell me how to drive. I want him to tell me how to talk to my wife. I want him to tell me how to relate to my brothers and sisters. I want him to tell me how to respond to news. You hear news and you're saying, Ewu Chimo, and then the Holy Spirit says, no, but this and this and that. You realize that what you are getting depressed about should actually excite you. It happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Let's throw those hands up and begin to ask him, come upon me afresh. And if there's any way I have offended you, the blood of Jesus, thank God the Bible says, cleanses from how many sins? All sins. So if you're here today and peradventure you're afraid, I've offended the Holy Spirit. I've said words that are not blasphemous or whatever. Ask today in the presence of God by the word of God. He said, if we confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, that the blood will wash me. This morning, we are looking for reconciliation with our intimate friend, with our intimate God. That's where this message is going. So that God comes back and becomes intimate with the king, so that I will be his own. He will know that I am, that my life, the song says, make my life a dwelling place. That my life will become his temple truly. Not a temple he endures, but a temple he enjoys. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, he who sent me, my father is always with me. Why? He said he enjoys me. Today I want you to ask the Lord, this life, enjoy it. This marriage, enjoy it. This should, this money you've given to me, this assignment you've given to me. For somebody, the struggle I'm struggling, you are weak in your body. He's close enough to help you. Don't listen to me here and imagine that I became like this overnight. No. The Holy Spirit took me a step at a time. I remember when I argued with my colleague in the bank. I said to my colleague in the bank, the music i'm playing is not your business i enjoy this music it moves me it's sweet to me the day that the holy spirit enabled me and i had no taste nor desire for that music i don't know when it happened all of a sudden my taste for it died out i don't miss it i don't remember it i mean i don't hate it but i just cannot imagine myself arguing about it anymore why because the holy spirit is so close for comfort he will help you he knows your challenge he knows your circumstance he knows your background some of us are dealing with things that we carried on from our parents we have fathers that put some traits in us you saw your father beat your mother you grew up in that environment it becomes a natural response to you you saw your uncles you saw things being done but the Holy Spirit is closer. The Lord said to tell you, the Holy Spirit is closer to you than your pastor, than your father, than your children, than your mother, than everybody. So if you have any desire for help, he said he can help you. And he's the spirit of might. He's the spirit of power. He's the spirit of counsel. 
He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit that is sent to help you. The better part of the news I didn't tell you is that it's the spirit of joy. Anybody looking for joy here? He's the joy that satisfies you in every circumstance. I wanted to preach about Nigeria, but I said no. When they have the Holy Spirit, they will be victorious in Nigeria. When they have the Holy Spirit, they will have joy in spite of the circumstances they find themselves. When they have the Holy Spirit, they will be able to make it through whatever challenge. The Holy Spirit will give you strength. It doesn't matter whether you're trekking, whether you have transport money, whether you have accommodation issues. If you don't have the Holy Spirit issues, shelter, you'll be under the shelter of the most high God. Is somebody listening to me here? He is the answer to us. He is the answer that heaven left for us and said, I do not leave you as orphans. Father, we give you the praise. Blessed be your name, Father, for in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.